Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder, where I speak to bands and artists about the journeys, the meanderings, the missteps and all the side quests 
that have brought our favorite bands to be who and where they are today. Today's episode is a big one for me. When I was 15 or 16, someone shoved a flyer in my hand at school and said, you should come to this gig this Saturday. I went to that show in Amersham and that caught me on to a local band called Gallows who had just released their first demo on a CDR. I jammed on MySpace so loud. I tore my hair over it. I just loved it. I was jumping around, jumping around in my bedroom listening to that. And I got to see him a few times, a couple of times in London and also at the Pioneer Club in St. Albans. Although unfortunately I didn't really get to see much of their set, which we'll hear about later. Around that time, Gallows went from being this punk rock curiosity to a band that was on the front pages of Kerrang! and had a double quadruple page spread in the magazine. And that had a profound impact on the way that I understood punk and music and elevating something you created that you can share with the world. That feeling I've never lost. I talk a lot on this show about how I compare uh, making music to building ramps and building tree houses, um, having fun with your mates and building projects. And really the nucleus of that feeling, the fuel of it comes from that time in my life. I swallowed something back then that hasn't left my body yet. And Frank Carter, has got a big part to do with it. So speaking to Frank for this episode is a total pleasure, total joy. I got to ask him some questions that I've been ruminating, thinking about asking for years. And it's come at a great time because the Rattlesnakes are a really interesting band. We talk about how they're not a band just for punks or just for people into rock music or metal or any particular genre. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes is a band that really brings us into their whole universe. And that is something that I'm down with. Their new album, Dark Rainbow, is out on the 26th of January. That's just around the corner now. And their 2024 world tour is on sale. That starts in February. They're going around the UK, Europe, and then going to Australia, and then to the States in May. So you've got enough chances to catch them. And those UK shows, I should say, they're two shows at the Roundhouse in February, which are going to be wild. Interesting band, wilding out, being themselves. I think that's very cool. And to hear some of Frank's stories here is something I've wanted to do for a long time. So cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. If you like this podcast, if you like this episode, you can subscribe, you can leave a rating or a review. When you do that, when you leave a rating or a review, it's like your local coffee shop when they ask you. It massively helps. It comes up on Google. It means I can keep on getting more guests, more brilliant stories. That's what I'm here to do. Thank you for being along for the ride with me. Uh, a shout out to the sponsors, 2000 Trees Festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away on the train from London. Their tickets are the cheapest right now than they'll ever be. If you know about 2000 Trees, you know it's a sick festival. They've always got incredible bands playing. They've only announced a handful of bands so far for next year, but it's a stellar lineup already. Gaslight Anthem, Manchester Orchestra, Boston Manor, Hot Mulligan, The Mysterines, Gouge Away. I'm a huge fan of that band, Gouge Away. If you haven't heard them, go and give them a jam now. From Florida, really nasty, hardcore, post-hardcore stuff. Teenage Wrist as well. 2000trees.co.uk is where you can get your tickets. They're the cheapest right now than they will be. And if you buy them before the end of the year, then you can get a full refund if you later find out that you can't go. 2000trees.co.uk 
Okay, before we get into this chat, I've got Rebecca from Ampolo here. Ampolo is the first all-in-one app connecting a global community of musicians and bringing an all-in-one place to practice, record and collaborate. Until now, practicing has been kind of lonely, there's been technical barriers. These are all things that Ampolo is working to make your life better for. Isn't that right? Rebecca, what's going on over there? Interestingly, we've been having lots of conversations with students and teachers and universities and colleges, and there's this big push of people wanting to use it as part of their curriculum to accelerate learning and change the way that music is taught. You're able to talk to each other in real life within the same project. So forget about jumping back to WhatsApp and emails and things like that. I can watch back your performance and say, that bit was great, this bar needs a bit more practice. So we've been getting feedback that Ampolo is a total game changer for music education and it's so much easier using this than using multiple apps and jumping around to communicate with each other. So it's a really exciting space. Ampolo, get on it sooner than later. Right, man of the hour, here he is of the rattlesnakes is Frank Carter. Yeah, that was that was my um, that was my introduction to punk rock. Was going to shows in Amersham. Oh wow! Okay, at the Jubilee Hall, and then I forgot. I mean, I used to go Pioneer when mm. I was you know seven years old to go skate with my mates. Amazing. And I remember one show that I went to go see you and your demise. And I remember being so buzzing for it. I was so excited to see Gallows. I remember getting like a CDR at that show. And your demise played. And what's the, what's the old singer of your demise called? The big chap, George. George, George Noble, yeah. He stage dived and landed on my head. And I, I, rem- I remember that crack. I heard the crack. Oh my god! And it was good though because it was a skate park like the Pioneer. It was like a youth centre, so I could go next door and put ice on it. And I'm, I think I missed most of your show. <laughs> <laughs> Those days got me really into playing bands, and really that's what I've been doing since. Not necessarily playing in bands, but writing about music and being interested in people. And I suppose you know I don't think it's too far out to say that I think I take a rather than like a review approach, I take a bit of a more sociological approach because I'm interested in people. I'm interested in the way that at some point in your life you think, okay, well, I'm going to do this art and I'm going to prioritise this over anything else. And, you know, in the British schooling system, you get to 15, 16, it's all about your GCSEs. It's all about career advisors. I mean, when I'm saying all that stuff, what does it make you think of? I mean, what was your situation um, growing up in Hemel Hempstead and, and being 15, 16 and having, you know, at that age, you're kind of thrusted into making decisions. At 16, I, I went and worked in the Ovaltine factory in King's Anglia for, for 16 weeks across the summer, um, right. doing, doing shift work. And with that money, which was quite, was quite good money at the time for a 16-year-old, granted it was shift work, factory shift work, I, I took that mm. money and I used to go every week to, to Watford, and just buy as many records and CDs as I could, you know? So I had yeah. a, quite a crazy collection of music at that time. Um, you know, some weeks I was spending like a hundred pounds of CDs, 150 pounds CDs, which was a lot of money back then. Like, yeah. Um, and, and two things became really apparent. One was that I would never work shift work again. Um, at, at no matter what the odds I would, I was going to work my ass off to, have a career in in art in whatever that would be 
Um, and the other thing was that I, I fucking loved music. I loved music. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that carried me through. Um, I, had a, I had a CD Walkman and that's what I would listen to on my way to work. Like five in the morning, get there to start my shift at six. And then the next week, I'd be working from two till ten, so it's like it was it was kind of chaos, man. But um, that's what kickstarted my drive and my ambition was like, I I this work isn't for me. I don't want to like it, you know it's valuable work, but I just was like I need more freedom and I want to do something creative. Um, so yeah, that that was my that was sixteen for me. What yeah. records were those? Was that was it like rock stuff, like hardcore? It was yeah, mostly rock and and, and metal. Um, everything like at, there was a there was a window of time where I bought everything that Roadrunner Records put out. You know, um, mm-hmm. Ross mm-hmm. Robinson was like I, I I considered him to be a very important person in music. Mm-hmm. Same with Rick Rubin when he was making those System of a Down records. And um, one particularly that like sat with me was was everything you ever wanted to know about Silence by Glassjaw. That record right, really yeah. did change things for me. Like I, I had I had heard, you know, post hardcore records, and I'd I'd, you know, I'd listened to sort of um, Quicksand and Fugazi, and I'd listened to those bands and what they were doing, and Glassdoor had this element of like real delicacy and then absolute vitriol, like at a pace that felt kind of like runaway and mm-hmm. there was no real every time you thought a hook was coming you were, you got a left hook <laughs> yeah. so you know yeah. like you got a jab or whatever and it was yeah. just it was just an amazing way of uh, I, I you know i really dal palumbo's vocals and his lyrics really resonated with me and so that was you know yeah it was all it, that was a bit later than that but definitely the, the surge into that was like everything from Soulfly to, you know, through to Corn, uh-huh. right through uh-huh. to Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. The ones that really made an impact was like Soundgarden, Deftones. That was like, I remember one time walking into there and, and finding some Japanese pressing of uh, of B-Sides and Rarities by the Deftones okay. and putting that know. on. Man, it's just like the most chaotic, feedback-driven like snippets from gigs there's one moment where they stop the show because a stage driver's lost his shoe and Chino throws it back and you just hear all of that and you can hear cool just how you can just hear how live it is that was amazing there's something about I mean even that like scenario of Chino Marino picking up a shoe and throwing it back there's community about that there's something inviting (laughs) I'm going to be really biased because I I didn't grow up on electronic music or hip hop or rap. I grew up on rock and punk. There's something about rock that if you're a fan of rock music, you're kind of more than likely at some point in your life to pick up a guitar, to start playing drums and to be part of it. And and I'm I'm really interested now, like as I get older, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that idea that, you know, we've been put people on pedestals and we put people on big stages, but yet it's also an inviting culture for you. If you're a ticket holder or a record buyer to get involved yourself. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it I've, I've i've talked about it in detail about how rock and roll is this sort of forever muse of other 
other industry, other art, even other genres of music, you know, like, and it's really nice to see that at this age, like, to see how that's trickled down into different genres and generations, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but back when I back when I was growing up, listening to rock was like a, a fucking statement. Like, you, yeah. you, if you listen to rock, like, there was a high probability you wouldn't get beaten up at least once on the weekend. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, this is it. It was Grebos and Chavs. That was the height of it. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was quite, it was this ongoing war, especially in Hertfordshire for many, many years. We had such an amazing, you talk about community, though, we had such an amazing community of rock, like from as vast from the, from the pioneer all the way across to, to the NAM shows that happen at the Watford Rugby Club, you know, that Mikey mm. from Six used to put on. And that's yeah. in fact where I met Lags. And, and, and started, you know, we, we started talking about Gallows. He was playing in a punk band called My Dad Joe. And, um, yeah. and you're in Goodnight Sweetheart? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I do, yeah. I mean, looking back now at that Gallows, I mean, how do you feel about talking about Gallows now? They're fun. It's fun memories. Like, it's, um, it, was my, it was my first foray into professional music, you know? Yeah. A lot of it felt unprofessional. You know, it felt like chaos. Um I look back on it now and I can with with fondness for for what it what it led to and a little bit of sadness of what it was in the time you know like I was very lost and um I was I didn't really know how to direct any of that so a lot of it became you know it was uh it carried a, a, an incendiary rage with it with me um that I've only really come to learn recently is was very self-destructive. You know, it's a lot of self-harm happening in that um, that I was lauded for, celebrated. You know, so you're getting rewarded for something that can be dangerous, that can be personally destructive. That's a that's an interesting that, place. That isn't was it? That, that was explicitly personally dangerous and, and and personally damaging. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I mean I I, I would I remember walking off stages. And knowing that like a towel was waiting for me to clean up whatever blood was I was covered in, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I yeah. remember like our, our our crew like joking about like ah oh, not as much blood as yesterday, Frank. Like it's like you know that's just kind of wild. If I witnessed that happening now, I would I would definitely step in and be like, I know you're not okay. It's not even not not a question. Are you okay? Is not the question. It's like. I know you're not okay. So like sit with me, talk to me about what's going on and understand that this is a performance mm. and um, there's levels to this. Do you know what I mean? Because also it's valid, you know, that suffering is valid, but we are not like, that's not my identity. And it took mm. me a long time to come to terms with that. I thought that was my identity for a long time, you know? And that was physical destruction as well as emotional. I mean, on stage, Absolutely. bleeding everywhere. And it yeah. was was it also in in your life, in your personal life, in your friendships, your relationships, family? Um, less so, less so off stage. Um, but then, obviously, you're picking up the pieces between gigs of of you know broken bones and fucking concussions and stitches and the lot, you know. So it's like I, I would I say no, not in my personal life. But then, obviously, <laughs> that. Um, negates my family's experience of it all and that's really unfair i can't do that to them because obviously 
they all had an experience in that as like spectators and how just how damaging it was to them you know i know that they were really really concerned for me for a long time so you're close with your um, family aren't you i am yeah yeah we're, we're that, really tight yeah that's a that's a great way to live I'm at my mum's right now <laughs> I'm at my mum's out there. <laughs> yeah. when you got when that when you signed to was it was it was it Warner or, or Universal was, Gallows? Yeah. yeah, it was Warner Bros. How how much of a life changing thing for that for you? You know, looking back, you, you mentioned you know how Gallows is after that. What it, it put you in a place where you could play music and you could be an artist. How long? What was the process of you learning? At some point, you're like, okay, this is this is aggressive music on stage, um, but if I can use my use my head as well as my heart i can make this something special and st sustainable because I, I guess that's sort of like the the ideal right i i uh yeah sadly that never that i never got to that point in gallows i i, I knew it was unsustainable um because i had set a precedent early on that was just that couldn't couldn't drop from so i only actually really learned that kind of recently within within rattlesnakes and um i'm really really grateful for that like i'm i'm so proud of what we've achieved and now the case is about using your head as much as your heart and let making sure the passion doesn't turn to rage and ensuring that there is a there's an important point for all of it you know along the way that comes across in the music you know i mean at first with pure love when those first couple of singles it was like yeah this is rock and roll this is it's got a lot of heart in it didn't it yeah, man, it's it's it. What it's what it's all about. Like we've we've been trying to build a project that is um, true to us, true to our authentic selves. And but within that, you have to learn what your authentic self is along the way. And mm -hmm. there has to be room for change and growth. And it's uh, that that's I think my favourite thing is is how exciting that is. Starting something, letting it flourish, and as it becomes new things, staying on top of that. I mean, you know, 101 part-time jobs, as much as I started this, speaking to mates bands who are coming off tour and working all kinds, it's about speaking to people like you who are doing it full-time and have done it full-time for a number of years because there's 101 part-time jobs in doing that, isn't there? Personal yeah, growth yeah. and waking up and doing your morning notes or whatever gets you in the mood. What what? If there's a if there's a few things or even just one thing that gets you in the mood for it, and that you know it might be an iced coffee or it might be a a run, what what mm. is what is that place for you when you find yourself getting elevated, getting buzzing about writing and creating? Yeah, if, like the hours between four and four and five a.m. If I can wake up at that point, that is when I'm like. And I, and I spend a lot of time, I go through waves where I like get into a good routine with it and then I fall out slightly. I'm, I'm creeping up on one now. I can feel, I keep waking up earlier and earlier and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Four um, is early, man. Like it is, six it is, is early. Yeah. Five is another six thing. Is, well, six is early, but by the time you got to work, like the day, you know, you're running out at the morning, like 4 a.m., you can be at work before anyone else is open as woken up. And, you know, I can, I can do like hours of, of writing or drawing or painting or singing before most people have had that first coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before they've done their thing that kickstarts their day. I used to like waking up at, at 4.30 and going for an hour run and then being in the studio 
at 5.30 to like start working and start writing and stuff. And then, and then I'd work all the way up till like 10 a.m. when I'd do a tattoo. And then at lunchtime, I'd go and do like interviews or I'd head to the studio with Dean and we'd write for a few hours. And then I'd be home by three or four o'clock. That's my dream, man. That's like, that's, I, I need, what I've learned is I need that, that solitude, that isolated hours. You know, there's an amazing artist um, who once who once cloned this, coined this term that if you want one good hour of painting in the studio, you need four hours uninterrupted. And I really, I think that that is just like, like that kind of goes for everything creative, you know? Yeah, I mean, what a, what an amazing route. My mum writes books, she writes fiction, mm. and she wakes up so early in the morning, swims in the sea. I always mm. warn her, there's, I'm like, mum, there's actual shit in the sea, you can't do that these days. <laughs> But but she's got that thing, and you know that I, I think creating that discipline, mm. you, you 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 live in an autonomy zone. You are in autonomy zone. Yeah, and that that's been yes. Yeah, autonomy is like one of my favourite words. Like I've been trying to find more of that in myself and my my routine, my discipline, and my writing um, over the past few years because I guess a lot of it felt like it was you know, it was, it required other people or partners or, you know, creative partners to be around, to work with. Mm. So it's been a real joy to like find something that works for me. Um, and it's just an outpouring. I, I, I wake up every, I try and wake up every morning early, right before the day is done. Um, yeah. You know, prime example is this morning, we've been kicking around ideas for a new video and I had sent one to Dean by 6.30 this morning. Great. <laughs> and he woke up like, what the hell, man? What are you yeah. on? <laughs> well, no one else doing? is going to do it for you, are they? No, they're not, no. Tattooing? You've as 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 long as I've you know going back to, you know, Gallows years. I mean, as long as I've known about you and listened to your bands, you've been a tattooist, or you know, you've done tattoos and you've interest and you know, following you on socials, you know, you, you get to know someone like that. And and I saw how much you're into sneakers, and I saw how much you're into tattoos. Mm. Tattoos as that as art. I mean, I don't know much about tattoos. I've got quite a lot on me sort of stick and pokes and bits and bobs i've never I, I would like to at some point kind of get into the history and and the the legacy of, of tattoos and I, I guess one word that really comes big for me when thinking about tattoos is respect mm. and i think you know respect for your art respect for your body respect for you know the the, the, the feeling and the self-expression how can you chart your journey yeah, I mean, I, I can't charting a journey is is, is difficult because you've got to be taking that along the way. You know, it's been it's been it's been quite a long time, yeah. but I know that for sure. Like I, I definitely have the best relationship with. I have the most respect for it now that I've ever had, and that's post owning a tattoo shop and hope. You know, I'm coming up to in 2025. That'll be 20 years of of, of tattooing, two decades of tattooing. You know. Um, but I, you know, I've worked every day this week tattooing in the shop, yeah. clients, and it's a, it's a real gift to be able to connect with your fans like that. 
to welcome them into your own space that's that's your you know it used to be my tattoo shop now it's my private studio i just i just go there in the morning make art write do one yeah. tattoo and then and then come home and, and yeah. do interviews and stuff and it's yeah. like connection is the, is the word for me you know it's a different way of connecting people t- with tattooing and um I've always, I've always cherished it. I've always, it's always been very important to me. And I've like, I feel that like now I respect it more than I ever have, you know, and particularly the history of it. So, which is something that I was quite involved with for a long time. Like I, in the early days of gallows, when I was traveling the world quite a lot, I had access to, you know, people's collections when they were selling them. And I, you know, became known as a bit of a collector. So I've got quite an amazing, like museum archive of some of the greats, you know, lo- yeah. loads of original drawings from Sailor Jerry and some yeah. of the best tattoos in the world. Like I've got sheets of theirs just like up on the walls. It's, it's nice, man. Thinking about all that and having your discipline, having your routine, having, you know, your autonomous culture that you've built for yourself. Were you ever going to do anything else? Was there ever a time that you thought of dropping what you're doing or, or doing something else? I guess, you know, in my experience, that would be sort of a, succumbing to other pressures in life you know financial or geographical relationships family have had you have you had to have a a hard head to to keep going i i quit gallows to be a tattooer before we got our first record deal so i always i always thought like tattooing was what i wanted to do um when we when they came to me and said, "Look, we've been offered this deal, but they want they want you to sing on it," I went to my boss and said, "Look, I'm going to go and do this." He's like, "Yeah, crack on." The rest is history, you know. Like I I, I went back and tattooed there, but only ever temporarily. Um, I've had a few moments that have been like, you know, definitely when Gallows finished, I jumped straight into Pure Love, and that was a much harder journey in music. When Pure Love finished, I, I, I didn't believe I had anything left in music for me. I thought that my career was done. Um, I focused heavily on tattooing and poured a lot of energy into it. When Rattlesnakes picked up and then, and then you know, we, had a, we were three albums in and about to start working on our fourth and we were getting to this moment where I, I had an opportunity to, to get my own shop. I got it. I signed the lease two weeks before a global pandemic. You know, I signed the lease to that shop March, 2020 and we were shut two weeks later. And, um, I think the shop was amazing. You know, a lot of young tattooers came through, they learned their trade there. They honed their skills. They, they made client bases and they all went on to open their own shops. Really, you know, really successful shops. Um, in the area no <laughs> um but they they're all they're all like really wonderful people and i made a lot of friends there so for me what i learned though is that i'm 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 a great tattooer i'm not a good manager yeah so i'm like i'm i'm an artist and i need the freedom to create so i'm i'm very excited to have the studio space back and to um that's what i'm most looking forward to next year is this autonomous discipline that I've been slowly crafting over this year. And I'm really looking forward to like kind of reaping the rewards of consistency from that next year. You know, that's, that's, I'm very excited about waking up early in the morning, going for my run down the canal, making a coffee, going to the studio, you know, just those things. 
there's something about working hard you know, almost kind of scratching around in your hole, doing that thing. For me, it's here. You know, I fucking love editing these podcasts. Otherwise, mm. somehow, <laughs> you know, and just like sitting in front of the computer. I, I feel like I'm doing something, you yeah. know, and having that feeling of doing something when you're, when you're, when you're scratching away at that hole and you just, you, you just, you're carving out, it's like chipping away at a fucking iceberg sometimes. Like things do happen in the background. And that's something I really like about doing something you believe in there's going to have these little sort of dividends, these little knock-on effects of people, you know, you get invited to this or that and, or, you know, you get that job, this job, temporary bits and bobs. I'm like, yeah, fucking come on, give it. You know, that life has a funny way of doing that. Yeah. I mean, obviously all, all of this is just energy. You know, you, the universe is just energy and um, it's really nice when you see the energy that, that, is coming back to you, you recognize where that's come from, you know, mm -hmm. and you can see the trail back to yourself of like the, you know, the hours that you put in two months ago or the week mm. that you spent where you really were focused and because of that you got, you know, a certain project came together and, you know, or, or in fact like the energies you have when you meet the right creative partner and you can, and you really bond over stuff and suddenly you got all this time to make. So, for me, that's my that's my favourite part about it. I, I'm lucky when you talk about 101 jobs. I'm really, really lucky because because of the work I did very early on. I made certain that I would love whatever job it was that I went to every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and because I've worked in music and in tattooing at the same time for the same amount of years. Um, I lean on each one when I need a break, you know? So right. it feels as though like I'm, I'm always present in whatever I'm doing. I never yeah. feel bored of going to tattoo. I never get to the point where I'm like, Oh, I can't fucking do this today. I, I never equally. I don't get to the point where I'm like, I do not want to go and play a gig. You know, like I'm, okay. I, I get stressed and I've had plenty of anxiety in the past and that's led to, you know, plenty of wrong, wrong choices. But now I can safely say today, I'm so grateful for the two jobs that I have and, and everything else that that brings up. You know, this, earlier this year, we did a collaboration with P&Co and um, was able to make like a load of branded clothes for them, which was so much fucking fun. You know, like I, I love fashion and I've, I've always been really interested in that. And to see that come together and the amount of work that came out of the studio it's just, yeah, it's just lovely to watch that watch that come together and to be present enough to be grateful for it, you know, like that was that was something that I think people miss along the way. Like, so stressed about what it is they're doing and is it a success or not? And it's like the success the success is you. Like the fact that you're here of the fucking million sperm. Yeah, <laughs> it was you. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you're you've arrived now. And you are already a success and everything you make and leave in this world is a success of its own, you know, determination. And, um, yeah, I, I feel just grateful, man. I'm blessed with the life I have. Talking about collaborators and finding people that you buzz off and you have this special connection. Dean in the Rattlesnakes, yeah. Yeah. he, he played in bands before, didn't he? Sort of, a, sort of around the area, not too far from Watford as well in Garden mm. City. He's sort of from, isn't it? When yeah. you met each other, when you, cause 
you know, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, it's you guys, it's you two in the photos. You kind of, you know, you learn to know the band and the rhythm section as mm. when you, but, but you two are in the photos. You two are the, are the people you see and you read interviews with that, that connect, is that because of the connection that you have? I mean, I mean you talked earlier, I mean, it's, it goes with autonomy, right? And when you're working with more than one or any other people, maybe it's hard to be the kind of fuel of a, of a project and keep it pure. When I've, I've, when I stopped working in gallows, you know, the partnership in Gallows was me and Laurent, you know, me and Lags. We, we, we wrote all the songs together. And then to an extent, my brother had a, had a say in that as well. You know, me, me and my brother would write songs, but just purely uh, situationally, you know, between between tours, we were living together. And so when I left Gallows, I started working with, with Jim Carroll on Pure Love and it just worked really, really well. It's just there was no... There was no big decisions. There was no like trying to find loads of people to be involved. It was more expensive, sure, because we had to pay a band every time we wanted to do anything. But it worked, you know. And then when I got into Rattlesnakes, Dean and I had been working on some songs for a little while for like just for fun to write, you know. And it just made so much sense. He's he. We were talking about this morning. It's, it's it's nine years that we've been writing together, you know, and uh, in as rattlesnakes, nine years as rattlesnakes. That's a relationship. That's a proper relationship. Yeah, longest longest relationship I've ever been in. You know, like it's crazy. And um, so things change and things grow, and and but what we have is this unspoken bond where we can communicate. Um, it, it's intuitive at this point. You know, we, we know, we know so well what, what each other likes and doesn't like. And we know how, and the important part of that is we know how to challenge that. So when we get into the studio to work, whether it's on the art, the videos, the, all the music, or even the lyrics to some extent, it, it's so much can happen in such a short space of time because we already, we already know, you know, and, that bond is, is when you find that with someone, it's incredibly important to nurture it. It's amazing to see rattlesnakes play these huge venues. A lot of people come see you play. Mm. And though it feels to me, you know, from, I mean, you know, my background, but it feels to, from my point of view, it's like there's the punks, there's the younger, there's the Gen Z's, there's the older the older rock fans, it, that's, I think for me, that's the beautiful thing about rattlesnakes is that it really is a full mix. Um, there, there's, there's no one pushing away from it. It doesn't feel like internal. Mm. It feels like welcoming people with open arms. Um, yeah. I mean, we, have you seen that? We've always prided ourselves on that. Yeah. We've always, we've always been really proud of the fact that you could go and see rattlesnakes with your mom or your dad or your grand or your grandparents or your kids and um it just makes sense there's yeah. there's something for everyone there across all ages like they can appreciate you know they can appreciate the show if they don't appreciate the 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 energy you know mm -hmm. and um they can appreciate the musicality as much as the performance and uh yeah see i i'm yeah that came real true at alexandra palace yeah. it's hard to hard not to notice that in action that was a big gig 
you see people's faces and, and you see how people look different. People are different ages. I, I mean, yeah, we, that's a lot of faces. So we, <laughs> it was, from up on that stage, it was a trip. It was a real trip to see yeah. it. Like, and I just remember feeling very overwhelmed. In the, overwhelmed with joy, you know? Mm-hmm. Just a really, really defining moment of my life. It was amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're always pushing it forward. The tracks on Dark Rainbow sound like, you know, a, a step, a big step. I'm trying to fall, try not to fall into any kind of music journalist traits there of, you know, uh, of taking step forwards and progression and all that stuff. But it's true. You know, it is true. Is that, do you think, do you think a big part of that is because, I mean, you take in culture, you know, you, 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 the things, the world around you is always changing. Do you think, are you the kind of person that can bring in the way the world around you is always changing, bring in what you're learning into what you're doing in the present? I think that's one of my skills, yeah, is is, um, is being able to put into words, you know, complex emotional problems that aren't alien to us. You know, they're, 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 a lot of us go through that have, similar problems if not the same exact problem um my my skill is just being able to write about it in an eloquent and simple way that people can understand so so it resonates with them and they you know so often people come up to me and they explain they they say to me like i feel like you wrote this song about me you know and they'll explain why they'll they'll, you know deconstruct sentences in songs and, and 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 what where that relates to their life and i'm there i'm just there like yeah fucking you're right it is for you you know because it because if it because it is you know the same way that it is for me um yeah. and you know obviously dean and i we have this wonderful moment where we finish a record and it's ours for just a little while and then it's released and then it's everyone's it's mm-hmm. kind of no longer ours but yeah. it's still our duty um, to perform it, you know, and that's that's man. As an artist, that's just such a gift. In that time, just before the record's released, but you've got it mastered. You got the MP3s. You got the Dropbox. Mm. Will you jam it? Will you put it loud on headphones? Yeah, I've re- I fucking listen to it all the time. <laughs> like, I can't, like I listen to it to death because I'm just usually I'm just I'm uh, like. With this record especially, I put it on and I'm like, I cannot believe that's me in places, you know? It's, um, it surprised me, it, you know? And, and the album was about, you know, specifically about trying to reach myself, you know, and trying to love myself and trying to find room for me 
in not only in the world but in my in my own life in my own world and how i could be kinder to myself and have more compassion towards me and um it it was really i i managed to make that happen and i i listen back to it now and i can hear the ways that i'm trying and that's enough and that's that's you know it's a great kindness to myself to listen to that record like it really is and and uh that might I, I people might not understand that but like i've a lot of people have asked me what is the album about and i and i always say it's a mirror you know like whatever you need it to be about it's about but ultimately it's about it's about taking a long hard look at yourself and still loving yourself at the end of it still 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 no matter what you see understanding that at the bottom of all of this the only person that ever truly can love you is you. That's the only one that matters because if you don't care about yourself, um, you'll never let anyone else in. You'll never be able to care truly for anybody else. It'll all come from the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what the record's about to me is like, is um, being compassionate towards yourself so that you can have that for others. I feel that I've been I've been working on that myself recently. I've been thinking about a lot about how over the years I'll think about someone else and I'll be thinking about the way they think. And I haven't been mm. thinking about the way I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Isn't that mad? Yeah, it's so it's, it's so complicated and we do that all the time. We get lost in the labyrinth of other people's thoughts and feelings. So much so that we don't realise that they're fucking they're doing that as well. <laughs> they, they, they ain't worried about. They're, they're, they're so worried about everything else. Like they're not. Like we need to just care about ourselves. That's the only thing that matters. There's one good upside from all of that, which is when you mm. wake up in the morning and you think, "Oh fuck, did I say something stupid last night? Did I make a bad joke that didn't land?" Everyone's thinking the same thing about themselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the best yeah. reason to get rid of that feeling. It's like spiders, you know. They're more they're more scared of you than you are of them. That's people too. <laughs> That's funny. So. Yeah. Hey Frank, thanks so much for this. I've really enjoyed this. Cheers for your time. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Look, I just want to ask you one more question. And I sure. I, I often ask people what their mistakes were at work or their work gaffes and you know, anything from sort of first day, you know being 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 goofy or or whatever you know saying the yeah. wrong things the I, wrong person. i'll tell you the one that's just popped in my head is one that i was i was relaying to someone not long ago i used to work at a shop called thrift street tattoo yeah in soho and on my very on one of my first days there might have been my first day i was i'd mopped the whole floor and um it was like five minutes before the shop opened and Lau Hardy came in, who's like an amazing old school tattooer, proper old boy. And he was leaning on the counter and he was he just learned who I was and was chewing me out, you know, and was like, well, I look forward to seeing what you do, young man, and all that. And I was feeling so proud and I leant on the bucket and it just tipped all over the floor. I was poured dirty water <laughs> all over the fucking floor that I just washed. So that's, that was my probably my biggest gaffe in the tat shack, yeah. What's that Miles Davis quote? There's no such thing as mistakes. It's about what you do next. Yeah, well, what I did next was mop the fucking floor. So, <laughs> so there he was, Frank Carter. I think we got along quite well. Thank you so much. I hope you got something out of that as well. If you did, 
make sure you subscribe to the show leave a rating or a review that stuff helps me massively and means I can keep on bringing on these incredible guests like Frank I've got some amazing ones in the pipeline and even just this week we got Jem from Speed the incredible Australian hardcore band that's on Thursday and on Friday we've got Benny from the Gaslight Anthem so if you'd like to get notified as soon as those get released make sure you click the subscribe button also you can sign up to the newsletter at 101parttimejobs.com and Pod Bible are currently running their listener choice awards you can type in on the final section the oh my pod section type in 101 part-time jobs there and hopefully we'll have a shoe in for getting somewhere with that and if we win I promise that I'll be making some offerings all right go to head to podbiblemag.com you can make your selections while you can type in 101 part-time jobs on that final section that's titled oh my pod Uh, yeah please do that that'd be a massive help thank you and see you again soon Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.